Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 159. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this Thursday episode of the podcast with another amazing small business superstar. This week, I have got the very lovely Abby Burns joining me. Hey, Abby, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good, really good. Now, I'm really excited about this one. Now, I know Abby and I know what she does as a business and I know what she's going to talk about, which is why I'm excited because... I can pretty much guarantee, although, I don't know if I've actually said, actually, we've had like over 70 applications for people to come on and do this. So we've got like over a year's worth of episodes. And I'm confident that by the time I'm still going through them at the time (laughs) of recording, in case you're sat there like, Jesus, this is like months later. Um, But I'm still going through them and I could probably guarantee there's no one else who has got the business and done the thing that you've done. So I'm excited about today. Okay, so Abby, as we always start, tell everybody what you do and how you got to do that today. So I run a dance and entertainment company called Dolly Dance Productions. Uh, We specialise in providing dancers and singers for corporate events and entertainment and pro cheerleaders for elite sports. And then we produce the Christmas show, which is a variety show at Christmas. Um, I got into it because I've danced my whole life. I'm a dancer. I have always been a dancer and a choreographer. And essentially, many years ago, um, I moved back from London, not wanting to be in London anymore. And the work wasn't in Derby for professional dancers. So I had to start creating it. And that's, in short, where my business came from, because the work wasn't there. So 
mm-hmm. have to make it there. Put it there yourself. <laughs> hey, everybody, you do want dancers. Uh, you yeah, basically. Um, have so you thought I about putting you... dancers in yeah. there? <laughs> you know what's really missing from this? Some dancers. Feathers um, <laughs> so how long have you been doing it now? How long have you been in business? So Dali Dance Productions has been up for 12 years. So before that, I ran a dance school um, for eight years. And then um, I moved into a professional company um, in 2008. So 12 years. That is crazy. Like yeah. 12 years. Yeah. So because I know Abby, I know that one of the things she loves the most is first off Christmas. Yeah. And then kind of almost hand in hand with Christmas is the Christmas show that she does yeah. with her company. And when I say company, I don't mean business. I mean company as in production company. Mm-hmm. So Abby puts on this amazing Christmas show every year of all the people that are in the, the company and there's singing and dancing and just nice, lovely family fun Christmas stuff, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and it's your world. Like, when do you start yes. planning the Christmas thing? <laughs> Well, we start in January. We have to, because we have to make sure that for starters, everything that's just happened in the December before, we're taking note of and we're kind of going, what do we want to change and twist? And also while the show's on, we're kind of coming up with ideas and going, next year, too late for this year, next year, write it down. So yeah, it starts in January. It kind of has to. It's it's an all year round thing. (laughs) And and you do not bore of the Christmas thing at all, no. do you? Which, no. quite honestly, like, I used to be really into Christmas. And then I met my husband. And he is like, <laughs> I call him, uh, you know, the Grinch. Uh, he's not big on Christmas. So I was like you, I guess, like, I could start listening to Christmas music in November on a normal year, not COVID year. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. but I've got to the point now where I couldn't anymore. So, like, for you to have that energy and that zest for it all that time is huge. And and also for you, your talk about how your um, Christmas show is really like the the flag piece or the kind of like you know it's a real key stone in your business, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We started the Christmas show about three years ago. I think it was our third year, um, and it was basically because we were going out to everyone else's events. So we were going out to sports games, to corporate events, to private parties, and there was always this danger of us being cancelled on. And it did happen. And it's always tricky with retainers. And obviously, when you're booking freelance dancers and freelance performers, they pick and choose what companies they work for. So you want to be the company that's reliable all the time. And if people cancel on you, that's out of your hands. Mm. So we wanted to create an event that was a sustainable event that we knew that we weren't going to cancel and we were going to put on every year and that we would be able to provide work for our freelance performers year after year and that we knew was going to be a reliable event that people could count on year after year and that that's what we would essentially start building our business around and turning the focus towards our own event so that's why it's so key aside from the fact that I love it so much yeah that's why (laughs) it's an important cornerstone of our business so I can't get you to talk about the thing that you did without us first addressing yeah. What happened to you and your business this year? Like, yeah. literally, there was no, there's lots of other people who can pivot and change and do things. But for what you did day to day without the show, that was it. Yeah. It was done overnight, wasn't it? 
yeah literally we had a week and it was it was before lockdown because obviously what happened was the football stopped the football paused and that had a ripple effect through all the sports and then at around the same time the west end went dark which then had a ripple effect on all the theatres which then had a ripple effect on the entire entertainment industry and that kind of happened in about a week before lockdown so I had this crazy week where I was getting all these emails and phone calls and this was cancelling and that was cancelling and I was texting people and initially it was postponing and we're going to delay and we're going to wait and and then suddenly lockdown happened and it was literally like someone closed the door so from right from the start of lockdown I was like I have no work literally no work we didn't have a single thing to do or booked in and yeah it was absolutely terrifying and first of all it was a shock because you kind of go this can't be right like and you wait because you go well it'll probably just be postponed and it won't last very long and we'll see after two weeks and then we'll see after three weeks and so I kind of cleared out the costumes and rearranged things and and sorted out my books and did all the things that you don't have time Mm. for and then just kind of really started to feel the fear when my freelancers started contacting me and started sort of saying do you know what's going on and I would be like well no you know you know you realize you're the person that people are asking and you go god I don't have the answers so yeah yeah it was a really terrifying year and basically all we could do was say to our freelancers let's just talk let's just open zoom let's just chat Mm. Let's just do what we can because we can't do anything else. And it was that was literally it. Yeah. And I, I am the queen of like, you know, how can we make this work? How can we bring you money and whatever? And for yeah. you, it's not like you taught people how to do this. It was a production yeah. company. Mm-hmm. There was no real way of replicating the income that you got from corporate and, you know, sports events and cheerleading stuff. Like there was no way you could do that. But Tell me when you started thinking about the Christmas show and the one thing that you did that we want to talk about today. So we started planning different things because we were like, the whole time we were like, we're not letting go of the Christmas show. We're not letting go. It's December. It's ages. And then it kept closer and closer to December. Because yeah, this we is like going, March. So in your yeah. head, it's like, we'll be way over this by then. Like, hello. Was like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that'd be fine. Yeah. And then, Yeah, so then we were like, as it crept closer and closer, we started planning maybe an outdoor, maybe we can do it outside, Mm -hmm. maybe we can do blah, 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 blah. And then then essentially it got to a point where everyone was like, Abby, you're going to have to cancel it. Everyone is cancelling, all the pantos are cancelling, everything's closing, like people are admitting defeat, like Cameron McIntosh has said the West End's not going to open until March. Like Mm. all this stuff was happening and I was like, I was like okay and when it came to the rule of six then it was like which I think was September mid-September mm. it was like we're done we can't yeah, this isn't happening yeah it's not going to happen and that was kind of the worst phone call that I was having with my musical director and we were sort of saying because she's been in the business since the beginning as well she's worked as a dancer so she's done the whole story with us yeah. and we were like that's it we're done so and then there was like this little (laughs) moment like where she went what if and I was like go on what if we tried to do it online and I was like I'm not doing a zoom choir and she was like 
no, what if we tried to do it online in a different way? <laughs> We've all had enough of Zoom quiet. Yeah, I was like, know. no more Zoom quiet. <laughs> like, not on Zoom. What if we filmed it? And so then that sort of like from literally the whole thing feeling like it burned down to like this tiny little sprout of green oh, kind of going, oh, maybe. And yeah, then it just kind of went like a runaway train from that. <laughs> So, you had the idea to crowdfund this. Yes. Yeah. Now, can I just tell you where I am on crowdfunding, okay? Okay. And and this is very much a personal <laughs> opinion. Like, I really struggle with understanding crowdfunding. Yes. Like, I just, like, I know people who have crowdfunded to start their business, right? Mm-hmm. Which all hats off to them. That's amazing. But I, I don't get that scenario as such with your crowdfunding though well one why did you decide to crowdfund because like I said I've not had I've not done enough experience of it so I don't understand which is why I was so keen to get your story on here but like it works with you giving stuff in return doesn't it yes so so yeah. explain thoughts was why you went down the crowdfunding route so we went down the crowdfunding route essentially because it was the only option. We weren't, we'd had, we knew we were going to take a dip in business starting the Christmas show and starting our own event. So we hadn't had, I hadn't turned over a huge amount, I didn't have a mm. lot of money in the bank, any money in the bank, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had, we were falling through the gaps with eligibility with grants because we were not yeah. a big production company and we're not a non-profit. So we were falling through the gaps there. And so it really was a case of, I saw someone doing a charity crowdfunder, like a GoFundMe. And I thought to myself, I wonder if you could do something like that for business. And then I remembered one of my friends who had done it to raise money for a film that she was doing. And so I called her and was like, right, just tell me everything that you know about crowdfunder. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, because I was very uncomfortable going out saying I didn't have any money very uncomfortable going out yeah Yeah. and saying to people um I'm broke can you give me money yeah like it felt very weird it felt very alien to what you're supposed to do in business as well because obviously in business you're supposed to say oh we're all fine don't worry yeah yeah and hey look I'm so successful like exactly it's not even that It, it you know it's not this thing happened and lots of people were able to do lots of things, but I'm the same as you. I fell through the gap. Like, yeah. but luckily I have a business that is an online business, whereas you don't. So yeah. what do you do? You know, so, okay. We, so you thought, well, let's have a look yeah. at this. So we thought, right, well, we have no other option. Like it was basically the conversation was, I said to George, we have no other option. The only way we're going to make any, the only way we're going to get any money from anywhere is if we ask people mm-hmm. for money we can't sell tickets to the show because if we sell tickets to the show and we don't make enough money to do the show, then we, there is no then show. There's no show. So then what do we do with this? You know, what if we don't sell enough tickets? We have to have the money up front to know that we can afford to do the show. And the only way to get the money up front is to ask people for money. Mm. And obviously we're running out of time. It's September. We're kind of thinking to ourselves, we're running out of options. So I was like, let's just do it. And then the nice thing about crowdfunder, and this is why I kind of felt okay with it, as opposed to something like say GoFundMe that are set up for charities, we had we could give we had to give something back, really, but mm. we would have wanted to anyway. So the whole premise that we did was we will give you a link to the Christmas show if you donate to our crowdfunder. So you are essentially kind of buying your ticket in advance, but you can choose yeah. the price of your ticket. So anything that you donate will get you a link to the show if we hit our target. 
And yeah. if we don't hit our target, then every single penny will be refunded yeah. and the show won't happen. So that's how crowdfunding works, isn't it? You have to yeah. hit your target. Well, you actually Do don't you? have to. There's two options. You can have a keep everything you make or yeah. you can have a all or nothing. Okay. And we were saying, what's the point in us making six grand? Because we still need to give people a link to a show and mm. we won't be able to afford to put on a show. Yeah. So yeah, we'll exactly. struggle to put on a show and end up in debt trying to put on a show. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. Or it so, won't be to your standard or, yes. yeah, so no, all or nothing. All or nothing. So we were like, right. We were like saying it's basically like walking into Vegas and putting your business on black and hoping yeah. for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And so that's basically what we did. And we were like, right, we've just got to go all in. And everyone sort of said, right, well, it takes a while to plan a crowdfunder. Crowdfund- our crowdfunder was going to run for five weeks because we found out that was supposed to be the ideal time. Um, you should take maybe twice as long as your crowdfunder to plan it. So that's 10 weeks. We had 10 days. So I was like, I can do that. That's fine. Yeah. No worries. Let's I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done anything all year. I've got all this energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of rewards from people as well, because you can have rewards. So people can pledge for things like, for example, like on our page, if somebody pledged £25, they had the option of getting a personalised video call from Santa Claus. And so we had things like that on the page, which were amazing. And we just went, right, that's it. Full throttle, foot to the floor, let's do this. And um, yeah, just went for it. I think if I hadn't been so not knowing what I was doing with Crowdfunder and I had known more, I would have questioned it more. But I think naivety was my best friend and I just went, let's do it. (laughs) And also... One thing that's really interesting about me starting this series at the time we're in now is the fear of the undesired result has been bigger than the fear of not putting yourself out there. Like, so, you know, I've had the very first episode was Toria who did a Facebook Live because she had a shop and she literally was not sure the shop was going to last the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So she thought, you know what, I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if, you know, because although I'm scared to put myself out there and do a live, I'm more scared that I'm going to lose my business, you know? Yes. And I, and I think from what you're saying and what I'm putting together, it's just, it's the same sort of thing. Like you wanted to do something and therefore who flipping cares that you literally had to sell your backside off, didn't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's the thing with a crowdfunder when you're, and that's what I quite like about it. Cause it's, there's no half heartedness of it. No. Like, well, if there is, you don't even get off the ground and therefore you don't even bother. But like, once you're in it, it's like we've told everybody we want to hit this target. We've got to hit this target. So how hard was that, like, in terms of getting there? Well, so uh, the first girl I spoke to when she was telling me about craft, and she was like, Abby, you just got to be prepared to push it every single day. And you're going to annoy people and you're going to drive people mad. But you push, 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 push. And if they're not speaking to you at the end of the month, Fine. give them a wide berth for a while and they'll come back and speak to you later. So I was yeah. like, okay. So I had this thing in my head that it was like, we have to do this every day. I have to do this every day. And I kind of became like possessed because it was literally, it was exactly the same thing. It's like, if we don't do this, I lose my business. Like there is all these things that you worry about, putting yourself online, going online with no makeup, which for me was like, what am I doing? Um, going, doing Facebook lives, doing Instagram lives. I'd never done anything like that before because I'd always overthought it and not bothered doing it, doing stories on Instagram at God knows what time, putting out pictures and posts that I didn't think were perfect. All of that stuff that I worried about, I just 
didn't have time to worry about it. I mm-hmm. was so determined that I was going to hit that 10 grand that it was like, there was no other option. People kept saying to me, what's the plan B? I'm like, this is not plan B. We passed plan B in April. Like this yeah. is plan Z. There is no yeah. backup. I have to hit this target. And I just did all of the things that I thought I, and I did things like, so normally I would send a press release and then I would sit there nice and patiently and, and nothing would come of it or something would come of it. Yeah. I sent a press release and then a couple of days later when I hadn't heard, I sent another press release. And then a couple of days later when I hadn't heard, I sent another press release and then I started Amazing. phoning people. And you just like, you've got to kind of like, it was just push, 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 push. And I just thought it's one month and I'm going to absolutely thrash it for one month. And then the more people that got involved and we had some really high profile donations as well amazing yeah and then it was like so we had like Matt Willis from Buster donated and yeah and we had the chairman of Burton Albion donate to us as well and we had like a couple of kind of like Debbie Isit from you know the writer of Nativity yeah 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 she and director as well she donated so like we were like "Uh oh like now and then we've got to do it yeah then people were buying the rewards and they were excited about their Santa messages and they were excited about and I was thinking oh my god like we've got to and then there was a couple of comments from people that were like oh but you don't actually think you're gonna hit the 10 grand do you like really you're the worst (laughs) trying to be really nice to me like yeah don't worry and that kind of made me like boil and I was like yes I do I do think I'm gonna hit it I'm I and I said I'm saying this one particular woman I was like I'm going to hit it and she was like but how do you know I was like I'm going to hit it there's just no non-negotiable yeah Yeah. and she was like yeah but you don't know we were on about three grand at this point and I was like I'm going to hit it and literally so then I started listening to meditations and doing visualizations I love it (laughs) and like rubbing this crystal that my friend had given me and like absolutely Everything. I'll do everything. Everything. It was literally a case of chuck everything we've got at it and see see what sticks. And my God, and it's dark. <laughs> I am so happy to say that the you know best thing about this story is that you did hit we your did. ten grand target. We did. We hit it early, which was just incredible. Yeah, that is it was incredible. It was so strange. We had this one day right towards the end. I think it was a Tuesday. We had until Thursday at 8 p.m. to hit it. And it had to be 8 p.m. And this was the Tuesday and we were on about 7,000. And I was thinking, oh, God. I'm like, do not, do not lose faith. Just keep picturing. I kept picturing what it was going to feel like when we hit the 10 grand. And then I had this phone call from one of the businesses that we work with that has been amazing sponsoring us in the past, Merchants Jewelers. And they were like, we're going to give you quite a big donation. And I was like, oh, okay, fabulous. You know, thinking, fab, like 50, 60, amazing. maybe. Thanks, yeah. And then she was like, I'm going to give you 800 pounds. And I was like, excuse me? And she oh was my... like, yeah. And she was like, is that okay? <laughs> no, it is not. Like, oh my goodness. And so then that went in and then that Tuesday Wednesday night we had all these Facebook lives planned that we did but we were like we're going to kind of do like a children need type thing you know like let's yeah. watch it go up yeah, and let's yeah, do yeah, the target yeah. yeah so because I mean we had every idea on the pad literally every idea and on the Tuesday night we were like right let's just relax tonight because there was three of us that were doing the main pushing it was me my musical director George and our assistant musical director Sarah 
and we're like, let's just chill. So Sarah went round to her parents. I met my friend on the driveway for a socially distanced cup of tea. And my friend went out, uh, George went out and had a couple of socially distanced drinks because it was just before lockdown, second lockdown. Yeah. And so we were all like, we'll turn our phones off and leave it and just fine. And then like my mum like, knocked on the window. She's like, have you got your phone? And I was like, no. She was like, yeah, I know. Cause it's like going mad in the kitchen. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you're on like, 9,400 quid I was like what that is amazing (laughs) and then it just went then and it was just the most amazing feeling watching it just we were screaming because then I was phoning George and Sarah and George was drunk and like she was like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what's (laughs) happening and then she was like you're gonna have to tell me all this again in the morning (laughs) I'm not gonna remember and wake up and go did I dream that did we hit the 10 round while I was sleeping? And uh, yeah, it was just, it was the best feeling ever. It really was because it suddenly felt like all this year, all the pressure, all the horribleness, all the hardship, it suddenly felt like, actually, do you know what? The community around you is, is on your side and supporting you. And like, (laughs) yeah, it was the most amazing feeling. (laughs) Do you know what? Right. So I obviously I follow Abby and I see her stuff and and I was watching your Insta stories the other day. And I actually think like so I have to say going to any production for my husband would be worse than sticking needles in his eye. <laughs> like he honestly, I don't think I could pay him to come to any production with me. I That's personally fun. love stuff like that. He couldn't imagine anything worse. Like that is not his bag. So to take him into a production like the Christmas show where you're sat in a room and mm. watching it and people coming on and off stage literally would, like, he just couldn't do it. Yeah. I was watching your Instagram stories and all the stuff that you were posting about the recording. And do you know what? I actually think that, like, some of the locations you filmed at, some of the things that you did, I think this is, like this is almost going to be better than being in the room with you. Like, yeah, obviously there's always something for being in the room and I'm not taking away from that, but, but the stuff you've been able to do because you've got to do it on location and because you've got to pre-record it, it feels like the production can be something different to what you've had before. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing. It's like, basically we suddenly hit this target and then went, oh my God, we've actually got to do a show now. So we suddenly kind of had to throw this. We literally turned the show around in two weeks. And because we had, again, no time to do it and no time to worry about the fear, I was just moving faster than my fear all the time. I just suddenly was like, can we record here? Can we record here? It's all right. Phone in Derby Cathedral. Hi, can we come and record at your cathedral? (laughs) (laughs) Which I never would have done. I would have overthought it. I'd have written a really long email. I'd have thought all the different. I didn't. I just picked up the phone and went, can we come and record at the cathedral? And she's like, oh, this sounds interesting. We'll have a talk. And they had a talk and they got like, yeah, why not? Brilliant. Go and filming in Derby Cathedral. You know, this is like insane. And like, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And the truth is, is that it has given us a completely different look at our business. We'll never stop doing the live theatre. Of course no, we won't. We're a production not. company. But, but it's for those opened, people in Derby... Yes, it's like, opened this door of what the business could be in the future and, and how things could look in, in a digital space and in a theatrical space. And suddenly kind of giving me this thing of like, 
maybe we can do this online. And a lot of production companies were just kind of filming the stage, as it were, and filming a live feed of the stage or streaming mm. the stage. And we were like, let's not do that because we don't have no. a stage. No. So let's go and film in locations and let's do fun and, things. And I saw, like, obviously the other thing that you guys do, because I've seen, you know, is the outfits are amazing. Like, yes. you know, your, your mum makes she the does. outfits, she? And yes. is very talented. And seeing the outfits in some of those beautiful or kind of matching locations, I think almost does it more justice than what you can achieve on a stage when you're not a West End theatre, you know? You're always going to be limited by it's a painting on the back of a wall or whatever, you know? Like, (laughs) whereas having the backdrop of a cathedral or having the backdrop yeah. of something amazingly beautiful is obviously amazing. So yeah. Abby, honestly, I am so proud of what you've achieved and Thank you, you should be so incredibly proud of yourself. Uh-huh. And anybody listening to this, first off needs to go and check out Abby and, and what the guys do over there. But <laughs> secondly, I just want to take away the fact of like, you had no choice. You had to do yeah. it and you just went out there. And because I know Abby, when she says she overthinks things, I, you know, <laughs> I know she she does and she will think about things and she will, you know, and, and the fact that you had no choice. And like I said, I, when I saw the crowdfund, I was like, oh, wow. Like, because I didn't get it. I've never done a crowdfund. And I was like, but I knew, and I saw the stuff you're putting out there and you worked your backside off. And I think, that for me is like sometimes that's what it takes and yeah. sometimes we have to just go do you know what I want this so bad you know you've got a business for 12 years yeah and potentially it just could have folded overnight and yeah you couldn't have that like because what would you do well that's it and it's so strange because I'm really into law of attraction and all that kind of thing and I think that a lot of the time people say to you, just believe it, just believe it, just do it. Just be-. And you kind of go, yeah, but how do I just do it? And how do I just believe yeah. it? And, and really what this has shown me is that basically you just have to stay one step ahead of your fears all the time. Yeah. And I did that simply because I didn't have the time mm. to stop and think about it. So it forced me into moving faster than my fears, like literally being just ahead of them. And any time I stopped and they started coming up behind me, it was like I was too busy to even address them. I just had to go, no, we're just going forward. And that's the first time in my life that I have been so unbelievable. I always felt that I was determined before until I realised, yeah, until I realised the level of determination that I actually have inside me. (laughs) And then I went, Oh, okay. And what you achieved. Now, there's no one saying you're going to be able to do that every other week because you can't. You'd be dead in a ditch, you know, because yeah. you'd be exhausted and you'd like burn out. But it's like when I had to look what we achieved and therefore yeah. hopefully the perspective that that's put on you, like you said, and what you you thought you were driven before and then you're like, that's nothing compared to what I've just done. So yeah. one, it's opened up a whole new you, a whole new side of the business, a realisation of it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be. I just have to take that action. I just have and to do it. The thing. I think, and and we have a, a group, Abby and I are in, called Ladies That We Woo, because we do love that we <laughs> And the we are totally up for the, the law of attraction, but also, and what you proved is the law of action, mm-hmm. is that you're absolute determined in your head, I don't see any other way this going than the way I want it to. Therefore, yeah. you won't be painting another scenario 
but teamed up with, and I'm going to make sure everything within my power to get that. So, yeah. Abby, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and the really exciting thing is that it's changed how people have seen us as well, because we've gone from this kind of small production company to actually being a company that is doing something in in about it instead of a lot of other companies who and I don't you know we were going to do the same but we were broke so we couldn't a lot of other companies who have decided to step step back and let things pass we were like no we're not going to do that and so I think Mm. it's changed people's perception of us like you know it's that kind of feeling isn't it that quote isn't there about you know something small can make an impact if you you realize when you've got a mosquito stuck in your bed type thing (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like that, that's brilliant yeah I feel like that we were very small and not making an impact and now actually we've made a lot of impact which is really exciting yeah so exciting. exciting so as we record this it's not December no it's, it's first of December first of December yeah so when so you finished recording everything yes is it all going through editing and things at the moment Yes, it's all in post-production at the moment. So at the moment, there's a lot of phone calls about this sound doesn't balance, that pitch is not right, those lips aren't synced up, all that kind of stuff that we've never yeah. had to do before. No, so that's it, challenges in itself. Mm-hmm. And then when is the date that it all goes live? December the 11th at 7pm. I love it. I'm so yeah. excited. So Can't excited. Wait. It's just brilliant. It's such a great story. I love it. Okay, Avi, thank you so very much. Where can they come and find you to come and check you guys out and what you do? The best place is Instagram. It's at Darley Dance. And we're on Instagram. We're on all the social media platforms at Darley Dance. But Instagram is where we hang out the most. Cool. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for coming on, Avi, and sharing today's story. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. My pleasure. Okay, great stuff. I loved that episode. So much good stuff in there for you. So much good stuff. And I hope that has really inspired you to just when things are tough, which whether there's a pandemic or whether there's something else, we're always going to have times in our business when it's tough. But it just shows that like, if you know what you want, you know where you want to go to and you work your backside off, you can do it. So thank you so much for listening to today's Thursday episode. And I will see you as always on Monday. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 